you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. podcast has never played in the nfl welcome to another edition of the around the nfl podcast presented by intuit quickbooks the official sponsor of the nfl my name is dan hansis i am coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers mark sessler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what is up boys hey dan what's up budweiser How's everybody doing? You sound like you're doing better. I mean, uh, when you break out the, the classic Budweiser frogs, it's good times. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like you got to separate your life from your work. I'm just grinding. Uh, it's been a long 36 hours, but um, hopefully my wife is on a soft reboot as of right now. She's with the children. <laughs> She's in the same room as the children now. So um, I think things will slowly get back to normal. Not in the world, but at least in our house if we're lucky. From what I know of Emily, uh, she will be delighted to find out that you know hundreds of thousands of listeners have heard her described in a soft reboot mode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the woman. She's, she's the light of my life. But uh, I actually, that was the term I used her. I said, honey, listen, I'm going to be going back in the garage around 1230. And I know you're still not feeling close to 100%, but I'm going to need a soft reboot just, just to be there because... These kids are not, it's not going to survive. It was basically Russian roulette yesterday, and I got out of it okay. The kids did not destroy the house. The house is a total mess when I got in, but no one was missing an arm or trapped underneath, you know, a bookcase or anything. Uh, but we just can't risk that, that again. So, Emily in a soft reboot right now. And what I'm going to do is once we figure, finish up the show, um, I will, like a good husband, hmm. um, allow her to return to her chambers and continue to rest. I think it's That's important that you you need to have like one thing I'm finding I I'm enjoying actually my time with my kids but uh, something starts to happen intellectually when the only person that you're interacting with is under the age of ten essentially and I was thinking back to 
a couple weeks ago when uh, Dan and Wes and I hung out with Colleen and Gonzo and, and Lakeisha and others. And I thought even that, day, oh, should I be home and, you know, doing the dad thing? And it's like, thank God we actually got together that day uh, because I'm not sure when any of us will uh, hang out socially ever again. And I'm at the point where I'm just missing uh, jukeboxes. Um, I'm missing just the luxuries of city life and life in general and being able to go somewhere and you don't know who will be there. And now it's like it's the same conversations over and over about uh, this racing game that my two children are obsessed with on the computer. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm starting to burn out on the topic. And they lock, they lack just basic you know, common sense and logic. So you try to have a <laughs> conversation with them and it just like goes in circles or goes off on a tangent. And it's just like, can I have an adult conversation with someone? Can <laughs> no, I have, you cannot. Can I sit on a bar stool? You know, can I just go somewhere? But there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Speaking of which, I um, of the shutdown and everyone being inside quarantined, essentially, I did get out of the house briefly to run an errand uh, today and I was driving in my car and I drove past the, the grocery store. And there's still a line to get into the grocery store. And I'm a little confused about the line thing. So we're being told by our local government that there is no issue with food shortage. Okay. Um, People are just keep going to the stores and buying out the stores. Where are they putting all this stuff they're getting? One, these are real questions. I'm not messing around. And two, if I am not doing the same thing, Am I putting my family in peril? Should I be just stocking up here? What's going on? Are you guys stocking up? What's going on here? What's the deal with these grocery stores? I'm not really stocking up, but I I think the line which I saw yesterday coming out of Sprouts, which was next to Office Depot, it was a good 30, 40 feet long. I presume that people are not allowed to queue up at the register. You're not allowed to stand so close to each other. So I think they're just letting people in like a few people at a time. That's I have information. Yeah. 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 They the Whole Foods next to my house has taped lines. And the reason the lines are so long is because you're supposed to stay six feet apart. So they're they're queuing people out and they're only allowed to have 10 people in the store at once. Wow. The, the store itself, when you get inside, I live across the street from Avon's and I've been scouting out different ones, just seeing like, all right, what, what's a little more Bird empty? Dog in it. I had a guess that like the more the expensive grocery store, which is like a mile away that I've only been to once. And I you realized dog in the Vons. I, I no, it was a di- <laughs> This was a different Vons. Uh, this was what the Bristol Farms, and it's like you go one time, you're like, why is everything so expensive? You never go back again. I had a hunch that maybe people weren't at that expensive one. That's like the the rich, and and I was right. It was like empty. But even uh, as Erica said, there are lines outside. But once you get in, it's actually the most pleasant shopping experience I've ever had at Vons. It's empty. There's no lines okay. uh, for the register, so that's the trade off. That makes. I sense. like Greg being like Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. Um, <laughs> You know, binoculars on Vons for the right time to enter. <laughs> well, you know, it it um it hasn't been an asset living here, watching um all the accidents and bum fights across the street for the last six years. But uh, now we're back. Being across the street from Vons has been good. I decided when I turned probably about thirty two or thirty three years old that I would never wait in a line ever again to get into get in somewhere. And I'm just right. gonna whether it's a nightclub or a bar or. Uh, whatever. I'm going to keep that policy with the grocery store. So I'm just going to wait till this dies down. Yeah, wait it out. Life's too short for lines. 
Yeah, but like I need food. Like I haven't found chicken or meat. Sorry, Mark. And like really? so Bro, long, so you, I can't. You should really drive to Santa Monica because even at any time of the day, uh, it it's well stocked. Uh, yeah, I told here. you come, last come night, Greg. I want you to text me so I can go to your Vons when it's like the coast is clear. I love I love that Santa Monica is this like uh, total utopia. No, uh, I'm not saying it's any better, but I'm just yeah. saying they got they got meat. It it was like that for the first three or four days, but now it's fine. Um, okay, so today, Wednesday, hump day. Get over yeah. that, get over that I mean, hump. I guess. There's not, it's really not a functional Monday through Friday environment right at the moment, so I don't know what hump day uh, Having no podcast on the weekend will be different. I mean, that's, that's a... Yeah. What's on the other side of the hump? Uh, there's no go. days anymore. <laughs> More sweatpants. <laughs> right. we, have, we have socially distanced from days of the week, but... Uh, Erica's searching for meat. Today's show. Today's show. We're just going to do basically a news rundown and just get you caught up on what's happened uh, since we last uh, spoke to you on Tuesday, and there was a fair uh, bit of info. So, unless anyone has anything else they want to add, you want to just dive into it. Well, just maybe as a tease, like the the Nicole Roby Coleman news has rocked the NFL, and we were texting about it quite a bit, and so that will be. That'll be our big sell of the show. Stay tuned for that. And you're going to think because it's the last news item, it's the least important. But it actually, it's the other way around. It's like going to Lollapalooza or something. Or, it's our segment. Coachella. It's, you know, the headliner. Just look at it. NFC arms race 2020. <laughs> Roby Coleman to the Eagles. Let's do some news. All right. Let's start with a little bit of league calendar information the league year started on time as we all know after much uh, hand-wringing about whether the nfl should push it back because of covid19 and the coronavirus they did not as we all know and that doesn't mean that internally in the league that there's still a push for this league calendar to have some flexibility given the completely um unique circumstances that we're dealing with right now as a society. ESPN's Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini uh, reported that NFL GMs are in favor of the 2020 NFL draft being postponed, but Roger Goodell plans on keeping the April 23rd start date. Um, I am on record. Once again, that is my 40th birthday. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. How about, you know, things are already kind of terrible. Just give me the day off for my birthday. Uh, Rog, be cool about this. It's already been kind of a rough uh, 2020. Uh, that's where I stand. All the GMs agree, probably for a similar reason. Uh, what do you guys come down on this? Do you think there should be a postponement? The, 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 I should explain what's behind it beyond my birthday, that because of all the pro days being wiped away and the, all the scouts being taken off the road, essentially it's put all the NFL teams in a place where they feel very uncomfortable. They're making huge decisions, and they feel like they may not be prepared uh, by next month. Yeah, I hate to be the houseboy here, but I'm fine with this being in the hands of the people who are actually talking to decision makers and higher ups. Uh, Out of all the things to be outraged about, I don't think that the NFL draft is really on on the top of my radar. No, I I hear you, but I also understand why the, the GMs are trying to have their voices heard. I think there's an idea that there's a competitive disadvantage depending on maybe where you live and what what each team's situation is going to be in what the world could look like in, in a month uh, that your team could be 
really in a place where you don't feel like you can do the draft as well as, as you can versus maybe another team in, in a city where it's not as bad. It's not still in a lockdown. Like, I get it. Like, the Olympics is a much bigger deal. The draft you can do just, you know, calling in a pick. But Mickey Loomis said this isn't a, a, a fantasy draft. What What is the rush? And I think it the GMs are kind of saying, like, what is the world going to be like in six weeks? Because it, you might just be delaying the inevitable, which is del- – which is canceling it then. I mean, maybe that's Roger Goodell's idea is that like by not canceling it now, you leave open the window that you could do it and that it's still up for debate. Uh, But I I think it's understandable to maybe want to push it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with waiting a little bit though, uh, just to see, I mean, it doesn't sound like anything's really going to change between now and in the draft from what you generally hear. But if, you know, a little bit more time before it's officially moved. Um, I, I defined it to be the second sort of major um, league year event where there is a strong voice from 32 front offices, or at least a, a large majority of them, saying, can we hold off on the league year? Can we hold off on the draft? And uh, Goodell is pushing back, which makes me wonder what the owners think. But, you know, they are, at this point, it sounds like shutting down um, today, I believe, all facilities so that that, because initially it was like the teams in New York, and the teams in California distinctly had a dis- were at a disadvantage because they couldn't assemble in any way where if you're you know, somewhere else, that was still possible in some states. So that's meant to level the playing field. Uh, I, that, that helps, but it still creates um, a lot of issues on how to communicate. And if you're a first-year front office and a first-year coaching staff, I just think that this season is going to – the, the mounting mm. um, complications and pressure to cohere as a team – um, are going to be incredible for the new for the new groups versus say the Steelers or the Saints that have been doing the same thing in the same operating the same way forever. Roger Goodell, if you if you had a, a look at an imaginary National Football League flowchart, he answers to the owners ultimately. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So if thirty two GMs all agree, why wouldn't ownership just ramp up the pressure on good old Rog and make this happen? So that's one thing I was wondering. The other thing is. The gears of the machine have already been ground to a halt. They cleared out the whole Vegas thing. There's nothing to be postponed in terms of an actual physical setting. So it does feel like something they could probably change on the fly without there being a ton of, you know, logistical concerns. So Yeah, that's true. And to be clear about this report, there is something called a GM subcommittee, and they did take a vote, um, and it was 6-1 to one in, in favor of pushing it. So there's... There's some level of of making this official. I did talk to someone who works from a team and like once free agency ended, I think everyone in the NFL that's in a front office just turned the page and is straight into draft mode. Everyone is just watching tape. They're just doing it at home, you know, and they're probably talking like us on on Zoom or whatever they want to or sending email. But it sounds like like personnel departments, I think they're just like on their computers watching tape. It's not for them too different, except, you know, if you have families, they're surrounded by their families just like we are. The one other thing I would say that they need to think about and, you know, others are suggesting this too, that if these if OTAs and training camps and all this other stuff are wiped out, I mean, and even before you have rookies involved um, in the process of the offseason, that the ability to kind of like have coaches share information with players where they put that big freeze on that, I think they should loosen some of that and say this is a very unusual offseason. Let's help all these teams have as much communication as they can with their players about new schemes, offense, defense. I just, again, I just think that there's, we're going to see a playoff field so similar to last year if it's the same 
if if new if new teams and new like you know staffs are forced to get it done in like no time. I don't I like do, that situation. I'd uh, I'd put a sandwich on that, Mark. Although your logic is sound on, on some, what on some level, I think there's just turnover every year, and there would I don't think it would be. I don't see. A direct correlation to that. Although maybe by the like time it. you get to September and October, like you are where you are, or even by the end of August. But if there's no training camp, it does. It does. It is going to like f up certain operations that are starting over with completely no, new I get offenses. That. I totally know? get that. But also, every year you see teams that are supposed to be locked and loaded and looking hot and dandy with their coaches and their personnel, and then they just. <laughs> flat line anyway so I these don't know. conversations are so weird like if you take a step back and put ourselves into the mind that we were in a month ago and that we're at home having a conversation how the global pandemic is going to affect like pro days oh my god it's just yeah. like it's just like and it's true like the, it is something to think about because the nfl is just this tiny little part of the world but we we can talk about that tiny part but it is so freaking bizarre Everything is terrible. Um, let's get into some personnel moves. We'll start in New Orleans, where the Saints and Janoris Jenkins agree on a two-year, $16.75 million extension. Uh, takes a, him through uh, 2022. Rap Sheet had this. Uh, he came over to the Saints. Jack Rabbit uh, off waivers from the Giants. Had some butting of heads behind the scenes uh, with a G-Men. Uh, and he played pretty well with the Saints, and now they give him a new deal uh, that if he stayed employed for those two years would be playing cornerback at age 34 potentially. And you line him up across from Marshawn Lattimore, and that's not a bad combo. I'm amazed by the Saints team's ability to stay so talented this offseason. Like this contract's, a, I think, a very team-friendly contract. He played well for the Saints last year. They're, they're getting an upgrade over Eli Apple. You look at their roster – I was thinking about it like the the hardest thing to do in the NFL is be a top five team every year. And I think that's one of the amazing things about the Belichick Brady run is is that they did it. And and I think the Saints have a chance to be a top five team for the fourth straight year. And I, I don't know any team other than the Patriots who've, who's had like there haven't been many teams who's had a three to four straight year run like that where there's no dip. Uh, Saints fans will obviously be the first to say, like, it just doesn't feel like that uh, exciting when when you don't capitalize on it, on it by doing anything in January. It's funny because they had that string of like seven and nine years over and over where people wondered if maybe Sean Payton was running out of rope. And I, I remember I used to wonder what Mickey Loomis was actually doing as an NFL GM <laughs> when he spent all his time, you know, cobbling together uh, the Pelicans. I didn't understand that arrangement, but. They have been one of those premier teams, and everyone's, oh, the Bucks are loading up for, you know, to win the division and march right into the playoffs. Well, it's like, sorry, the Saints are doing the same exact thing, and I, I right now, I don't care what is happening. I trust the Saints to be there at the end more than I do the Bucks, no matter what which, Tampa's which, getting together. Which take do you feel less confident about uh, in March 2020? Mickey Loomis has too much on his hands, and that's why the Saints aren't winning. Or Bruce Arians, his heart isn't in it with the Bucks. <laughs> uh, well, I think that, I, I think at this point, like they both they both been proven false. There was a period where I think that my Mickey Loomis concerns were well, they know, won seven and nine three straight years. That was right. when you were honking. That's about when that. I was beating yeah. that drum. It's not it like was a great bit, and three, though. and I'm it not sure Loomis <laughs> cares about this team. You know, sometimes like you know Max Kellerman or Stephen A. Smith, it's not about whether the the take is right or not. Is was, was it a good take? It was. That was a great take. Yeah, I loved it. That's all that matters. It was a saucy take. It was a saucy <laughs> take. Uh, in other news, speaking of the Bucks and Dominican Sue, 
uh, is staying in town. He agrees to a one-year, $8 million contract. Uh, the Bucks are all of a sudden in a place that people really want to be at because Tom Brady's the quarterback. Uh, so you got Shaq Barrett back there on the franchise tag. You got JPP, uh, who just resigned for two, two years. And now Sue, he's 33 years old now, but he played a ton of snaps last season. He's, at least according to metrics, advanced metrics, um, PFF and the like, he's fine to okay to find at this point in his career. But a nice little piece and continuity along the defensive line uh, is a good thing as long as you're not a progress stopper, right, Wes? He had a pretty good year last year. The Bucks, nobody could run on them. With Vita Vea, who I think might be the best nose tackle in the NFL now, and Sue, and then you've got, like you said, JPP and Shaq Barrett, the middle linebackers with Devin White and Levante David. Uh, this is a really good front seven, and I don't think you're going to be able to run on them again this year, if there is a this year. Uh, Sue, according to PFF, was the number 30 interior lineman out of 119 qualifiers. So, yes, um, he played at a high level. Not bad for a guy that's uh, been doing it for, what, 13 years or so now. Football Outsiders it. keeps track of, you know, run defense. And it, there's some stat, I think, like three of the, of the top five run defenses of the last 20 years Todd Bowles has been associated with. So that, that's what the bowls assance gives you. He's going to stop it's a, the run. It's a good thing, too, that uh, Tom Brady wasn't one of the people that Sue stomped on back in his bad boy days in Detroit <laughs> because now they're going to be you know, hanging out with each other, uh, eating spaghetti. I kind of miss like that. that, Sue. I like that, Sue, way better, like the, the misunderstood uh, ball player who just likes to play hard and stomp a guy and kick a guy in the nuts every once in a while. I uh, like him better than the guy hanging out with Lee Iacocca and talking about Chrysler. Yeah. I once interviewed his mom for that celebrated Mother's Day piece, I think I mentioned, and uh, she went on a long riff that. about she went on a long riff about how um, you know she she was like, oh, when he was a little boy, he loved playing with his Legos. I was like, I just can't really imagine uh, Nadamik and Sue as a Lego master, but but apparently he was very skilled. It's impressive how often you bring up that mother thing. <laughs> what's the Listen, link? I, how do know, we get, what's the link? What's the vanity URL? You know Mark? what? Here's I'm what you do. You go it. to NFL.com backslash Sessler, and you just scroll down and down and down. I don't think it had a vanity URL. I just did Mother's Day Mark Sessler. Let's see. That'll probably do it. Well, I don't, we don't need to invest in, it, in too much more time into this. What it project. means to be the mother of an NFL star. May 11th, 2017. Oh, under the sidelines banner uh, on wow. the website. And, uh, they really, were hurting for content. Uh, you got, as you said, you had uh, Bernadette Sue, Donna Kelsey, uh, under the subhead, Before the Lights. Two birds, one stone with that one, because you, mm. you, know, you get two players involved there. Two so. champion sons now. You, maybe, maybe you should get a little credit for that. Yeah, it doesn't seem no one seems to be willing to uh <laughs> that angle been on this article is part of the rise of the Eagles and Chiefs. Is there another mom in here? I just see Bernadette and uh Donna. Well, there was a controversial um Ooh, Diane Bolden. Diane Bolden. Is that Anquan's mother? Someone's no, mother was taken was, out of the copy. Isn't that, that right? Was we Brandon can say that. Marshall's mom, if I'm not mistaken, with a different last name. Ah, yes, there was a there was a mom who gave me a great interview and she was pulled from the project because the son uh, got into some mischief that they didn't want to uh, have advertised Who was in, it? in this story. Ricky will bleep no, it out. Nuts. Ricky no, will bleep nuts. it out. Just tell us. All right, it was oh, back when yes. he had his, you know, yeah. Yep, yeah, mm. say no more. Okay. 
Say no more. Moving. Um, One question anyway. before we move on. One question yeah. for the general group. Does anybody here, all these C poems we're singing about the Bucks' run defense, does anybody here have any idea how important run defense is in today's game? I remember Greg saying last year that teams like the Chiefs and the Patriots are almost inviting other teams to run on them now. I just don't know in today's NFL how important it is to be able to shut down, say, Ezekiel Elliott on a given week. Also, I mean, that's fair. That's a fair question. And, and Greg, you bring up the Bolzassant so often. Uh, did you actually think they had a good year last year overall defensively? Yes, because they ended so strong and they, they've been trying to develop some young players in the secondary forever. And they finally did it at the end of the year. And they had some star making um, performances. So, yeah, I, I think they were pretty good uh, defense. To answer your question, Wes, I don't think it's as it's not it's not like one third as important as stopping a pass. That's that's the problem. Also, I mean, you, when your quarterback is giving the ball away at the pace that Winston did, you're putting your defense with the pick sixes, with the bad field position in a terrible spot. So I would, I'd almost look at that more than yards allowed on the ground in some cases. Bowles, we got people paid, Dan. JPP, Shaq Barrett. He's getting making people good. money. Good, good. I'm happy when people make money. Speaking of star-making performances down the stretch for the Bucks, Brashad Perryman really uh, lit it up for the Bucks after Mike Evans went out for the rest of the season in December last year. I think he had over 500 yards and five touchdowns in, the, in December. So he lands with the New York Jets, who lost Robbie Anderson the day before uh, or the same day, and the Jets lock uh, Perryman up uh, to a one-year $8 million contract, $6 million of that guaranteed. So... Um, whether or not you think that Robbie Anderson is an upgrade, the Jets essentially look to have uh, saved a little bit of money here, gave, gave themselves more flexibility. Boomer Esiason, by the way, former Jet, and now uh, he does, he's a big-time uh, New York radio guy, um, said uh, yesterday that the Jets offered Robbie Anderson four years for 40, and he took two years for 20. So... I guess they just, uh, you know, he's a combination of betting on himself a little bit or just he wanted the Jets to go up on that annual number and it just never happened. But Perryman's in the building. I never thought much of him as a player. I know he's bounced around, former first-round pick with the Ravens. But obviously what he did at the end of last season caught my eye and and gives me some optimism that he can play. He was on my red flag list list because he didn't play until the other receivers got injured and – it's my theory that Jameis Winston gooses wide receiver numbers just because he's always throwing. He's, he's not afraid to throw in any situation, whether the guy's open or not. So I, I don't know if Jameis Winston wide receiver stats transfer to other quarterbacks. I, I just mm. don't know. And I know he, you know, Perriman is thought of really high in the fantasy community because he did well during the fantasy playoffs. But again, a guy who didn't really see the field much until those guys got injured in front of him. Perriman also, a couple days ago, I, I there was a Perriman no, nugget where he was saying, I want to stay in Tampa. I mean, not not even it's the Tom Brady thing, but because I love the Bruce Arians, you know, deep-centric offense. And I wonder what that ha- what happens to him in the Jets. I actually thought in Cleveland two seasons ago, um, that's what helped him get that Tampa job was, I thought he played all right when the Browns, when before Baker, you know, had last year's he was throwing the deep ball pretty well and Perriman did some good stuff so I I think it's more like do you trust the Jets to get the most out of a player like this 
TBD. And I think you definitely don't want him to be your number one or 1A guy. So you still expect the Jets to go in the draft and, and go get a guy to pair with uh, Jameson Crowder. Uh, and you got Chris Herndon at tight end. We shall see. Mentioned uh, Indomitian Sue. Um, he was connected to the Cowboys as a possibility for Dallas, uh, but they settle on a different defensive lineman, Don Terry Poe. Um, Rapsheet had this. Uh, he, he signs, uh, he agrees to terms with the Cowboys leaving the Panthers. Uh, he's entering his age 30 season. Like Gerald McCoy, Greg, a guy that maybe uh, was a bigger star two or three years ago, uh, but maybe this uh, uh, man could still play the guitar. <laughs> I I think he's the type of signing they need to have because I've been banging the drum. They just don't have any defensive linemen. And I actually think like these low-cost, short-term veterans who can still play are maybe the only people that are undervalued in free agency because, yeah, you're not getting them for like three years, but you can go put them on the field. And that, that has a lot of value, especially for a team that, for the like the Cowboys who just – don't have any defensive linemen. They still need more. I mean, they they only have like four guys who I think you could look at as someone that you would want to put out on the field. So he he's a good addition. All right, moving on. Tajay Sharp is now the new uh, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, who have a vacancy to fill with Stephon Diggs now with Josh Allen in Buffalo. It is a one-year, $1 million contract. He'll start potentially opposite Adam Thielen. Uh, like the Jets, the Vikings, it makes sense that they will perhaps uh, pursue this position further in a highly rich wide receiver draft class where there could be, uh, I believe there is some absurd number I read yesterday that 20 or 30 wide receivers could be taken in the first four rounds. Is that even possible? Or at well, least that they have first yeah. three-round grades, yeah. But anyway, whatever the it might be wrong, the exact um, uh, note there. But you could get a guy in the top three rounds that you you're going to feel pretty good about based on the grades and the scouting from a lot of these uh, teams across the league. Tajay Sharp was a guy who was behind Adam Humphreys for most of last year and played in December when Humphreys was hurt. Played fairly well, but he's also a guy you're not going to expect him to get more than 500 yards in a season. So. It's not really moving the needle for that Vikings offense. I mean, that might be that's one of the worst receiver cores in the league right now behind Thielen. I guess you have Thielen, but after that, they don't have they don't have anyone. I mean, there were times though it seemed like by having sort of two stars in in that specific offense which was, you know, run heavy, a lot like at the top of the league in terms of like multiple tight end sets that that caused some of the issues with Diggs uh it's, to me with with Cousins and how the whole like attack flowed, but I'd be shocked if they're not using that draft pick from Buffalo to wheel and deal and move up and get the wide receiver they want. I mean, I don't know. They, you can't go into the season with a fourth rounder added to Tajay Sharp. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, Mark Sessler dropped a bomb on Twitter. Sam Bradford didn't even know what hit him. Here's the tweet from Mark. Daily reminder that Sam Bradford made $129,982,500 to go 34, 48, and 1. He's not done yet, folks. Never made a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro team. Never started a playoff game. Very possibly lives in a castle right now off the coast of some majestic ocean. And the very Stefan Diggs got into Mark's replies. Really? Yes, and I won't say, I won't, I won't say he clapped back at you, Mark. 
Uh, I didn't take it aggressively, but no. Yeah. But he, uh, I think he wanted to defend a former teammate. Uh, this is what Diggs wrote. But let's not forget the teams Sam was a part of. One of the smartest QBs IQ wise, and one of the most accurate as well. When healthy, when healthy, one could argue he was pretty damn good. So, Mister, uh, you know, Twitter warrior, Mister guy on the sidelines, never played a snap. This is the real talk right here from a player from our league. Wait, I'm the Twitter warrior. That's how. That's that's who, the role I'm playing. Well, that's basically I mean, what he's doing. He's saying, but, like, listen, if you were actually there, you would know that there were qualities to him that made him attractive as a player I, while not disagreeing with you that he probably got no, I think wildly two, two quick things so I think one that it, part you know I didn't, you're not going to go I'm not doing these like threads where you're t- t- you know adding 55 things to it but he was the last like no, first overall pick that got one of those ridiculous rookie deals and that sort of set it off to begin with so it's not Sam Bradford's it's not his fault that he got you know, he looks ridiculous. What did, payday. Why did Sam Bradford but, enter your your mind yesterday? Uh, because your I have a, 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 like you know, like at this point, you know, you're just you know these groups of friends and all these text threads going around. And I have one friend that is um, very anti pro athlete in general, making gobs of money when they're actually sort of a lot of times thuggish or they don't perform well. And I mentioned the Bradford <laughs> contract as something. Is that, that a was take from 1992? Ridiculous. What's going on? The what? Is that a take from 1992? What is all going these, on with that? Uh, all these he, players with their do-rags and their posses. Well, I don't, you know, I, I was saying that there are a lot of really actually good people in the NFL, but there are some contrasts that look ridiculous. But I, my thing with Sam Bradford is, like, I, I always struggled. If you were to give me top five most memorable Sam Bradford moments, well, I've got one I'm not the you. person who wrote that, that article. Saints game. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, you know why, <laughs> yeah, Diggs nice, is, nice. why Diggs is sticking up for him? Because he was there. Uh, for that week one Sam Bradford performance in 2017. Wes, you did that top 20 Game Pass games. That should have been number one on the list. Sam Bradford dealing. Yeah, find me a game with better ball placement by a quarterback than that game. But what would two through five be? I, I mean, I'm just saying None. it's not someone that you just, you know, there are not a lot of magical moments created by this guy that made $130 million. That's uh, all. There was, a, like, the, there was like a good tie he had, I remember, I think, when he was part of the St. Louis Rams. I, I, I forget, Ooh, with some I, really I good team. That, yeah. I, and, and it was like, yep. this is very typical Bradford that he had his best performance. What, who, who was it against? The Seahawks, I think, where it ended up in a tie. Um, he was good for a couple ties a year. Yeah, and, and also, <laughs> Mark, I was watching – a really kind of underrated TV series out there, whether you're a fan of wrestling or not. It's called Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, which is a real network that I'm, I wasn't really aware of. Uh, but it was a, they did an episode yesterday on uh, the death of Chris Benoit, and it went through a lot of the, that period in wrestling history, and you, you dig into how much abuse uh, the, the pro wrestlers... Wait, play it again, Ricky. Let's hear the guy say it's real to me, damn it. It's still real to me, damn it! I mean... Thank you. How much abuse they they do to their bodies? Sam Bradford, Mark, he left his body on the field of the NFL. Uh, he in stadiums across the country. That man's body will never be the same. He laid it all out there trying to be a great QB. It just didn't I, take. I don't doubt that. And like I actually after I thought that you know maybe thirty people would click like on that thing, and it kind of for some reason in this space where everyone's just sitting in their houses, kind of blew up. And I then felt bad because the last thing I want is like Sam Bradford and his like cousin like to see it or something or his wife. I mean, it's you well, know, plus you're doing it daily. You said it's going to be a daily no, reminder. No, I think we're waiting. We're waiting to hear it's, it. It's run its course. Uh, what I about believe, so. what about Richie Bradford, his nine year old son? 
Yes. Ooh, yeah, then same suddenly, age as Luke. Yeah, I, I know. I'm going to take a break from Twitter. I feel like I crossed the boundary there. So. I, don't know, I don't know if he has a son. If you made $143 million, you'd name your son Richie, too. <laughs> uh, oh, we have Tyler Eifert news. Sound the Tyler Eifert alarm. The your former, boy. My boy, the former Bengals tight end, uh, has signed a two-year contract with the Jaguars so he can make some magic with Gardner Minshew, hopefully. It's funny. I have long been, as you guys are alluding to, and anybody that listens to the show, been a supporter of Tyler Eifert. I loved him as a player. He finally, he was one of the more injury-plagued guys that we've seen in the last decade of the NFL. He finally played 16 games last year, and I lost interest in him. I just, you know, I kind of lost track of him, didn't care about him as much. So I think I was always more intrigued by him playing really well until week seven and then suffering a, you know, a gruesome ankle dislocation or a torn labrum or a busted neck, all these different things he went through. Uh, and it kept him interesting to me. Once he had a full sample size uh, at his age, I, I kind of got out on Tyler Eifert, but. <laughs> You know what? It's fine. I'm glad he's still cashing paychecks, and uh, good for him. He got two years. This is up there with the draft occurring on your birthday. <laughs> it is. It's right there. Can't really fault you for not grinding the 2019 Bengals tape. Yeah, I would love to know what Eifert's numbers were actually. Uh, um, it's like 40 for 400 or so. I mean, the the problem, you know, so not Jimmy to be cruel is after all of these <laughs> injuries, it's hard to expect. Um, you know, a guy to have the, the potential that, that he had before all of them happened. That got you so excited, Dan. Yeah, I think it was a foot injury, an ankle injury, a leg injury, uh, all sorts of lower body stuff, and that takes a toll on the big men. Uh, I don't think it happens if Jay Gruden. I think Jay Gruden's there, and he probably said, let's this guy know. Cool. Uh, the Bengals, uh, speaking of which, uh, the Bengals signed right. Von Bell. <laughs> I'm just going to step out if you don't mind. I, I don't have any reason cool. to be here at this point. So. No, you buttoned it up well, so there wasn't much okay. else to say. Uh, the Bengals signed safety Von Bell, formerly of the Saints, three-year deal. Uh, so Cincinnati keeps spending money. I love it, Wes. Come on back, Wes. Get on the cornhole boards. Crank up the Bob Seeger, Fire up the grill. And let's get pumped. You know, you alluded yesterday to the fact that over the last five years they spent about fifty million, and now it is up to this offseason, one hundred twenty-seven million they've spent on unrestricted free agents from other teams. They really needed to overhaul the entire secondary. They bring in Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings, Von Bell from the Saints. They signed Lashawn Sims from the Titans. And I'm a little worried about those cornerbacks, but the safety duo of Von Bell and Jesse Bates is really good. Sean Williams, who had been starting at safety, looks to me like a guy who can move into sort of that nickel linebacker role. Uh, this is a much better secondary than they had last year. I have a question. If they were picking 19th and had no assurances at all of getting any quarterback, would they be doing all this? Or is this you know not unlike Tom Brady and Tampa Bay? Like They finally feel like we've got our dude and... Mm. We're we're stacking this up. I mean, you got to give Zach Taylor a chance, right? To me, that's that's part of it. This guy came in, and it seemed like half the team got injured in his first year there, and then the other half they're just washing away. They're not even there anymore. You got to give this guy some players, and now he's got some. I Mark, do wonder. Th- go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say it, it's it, it makes it seem like the Bengals are almost self aware that they are viewed a certain way and they need to make changes, which would be you know, highly welcome. Go ahead. Well, I just wonder if 
the effect of the that fan base getting so apathetic. They they probably right now have the most apathetic fan base in the NFL. It no one's in that stadium. And I, I, yeah, I, that is self awareness. Maybe Mike Brown is looking at it and thinking like we we cannot afford another one in fifteen season, or else we're going to lose this town. Yeah, maybe like maybe Paul Brown appeared to him the way that like you know like Obi Wan Kenobi Force Ghost <laughs> does occasionally and says, "Clean this up, son." If Please Paul Brown appeared to him, he would not be saying spend money. Oh well, fair. You would I didn't fire get, him. I didn't get the reference, Mark, but I, I follow along. I knew you didn't. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's an adventure science fiction film that um uh, came out in 1977 in 1980. Finally, a sequel. Uh, oh, Devin Funches. Uh, Pelissero reports the Packers are expected to sign Devin Funches, so all their problems are uh, taken care of. Um, Brian Gutekunst doesn't need to do any more work on the wide receiver room because Devin Funches is in the building. And now someone's going to say, yeah, but he looked like he could have been a good signing with the Colts until he broke his collarbone in week one. All right, go ahead. Get excited about Devin Funches. If, I, if I'm getting excited about Prashad Perriman, you can get excited about Devin Funches. Have fun with it. It's a hard pass on both. How about that? <laughs> cool. I mean, cool. Funches has some potential, cool. but, but does he really have more potential than Alan Lazard? I, I don't know how much more he does have. The lizard. Finally, the news we've all been waiting for. The Eagles sign cornerback Nickel Roby Coleman. Coleman, Coleman, Coleman. <laughs> NRC. So they pair NRC with Darius Slay in their remade secondary. And of course, Ricky, pop quiz. Your football knowledge has really, I would imagine, gone up tenfold since you joined. Uh, our podcast, so I'm going to hit you up with a little trivia. Nickel Roby Coleman, most famous, and his forever legacy in the NFL will be the Saints game, the no call. Very there good, go. Ricky. That's my girl. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> God, love you. Anyway, <laughs> cool. He's on the uh, Eagles now. Nice, nice ball player. Nice ball player. I like him. A little aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Another team that remade their secondary. <laughs> a little bit. They also signed Will Parks from the Broncos, who had several teams interested in his services, can play either safety or nickel corner. So they've got a pretty interesting secondary now, much better than last year's. Hey, ultimately, he helped, you know, he sent them to the Super Bowl. I mean, got a little lucky with the no call there, but uh, it was yeah, a smart that's move. True. That's true. Um, Ricky, since you're, you're, let's do a little heat check. Uh, late last night or early in the morning, the stimulus deal passed in Washington. Yep. Uh, will we all be getting checks? Again, not a joke. I want to know, does everyone get a check or do certain people get checks? Who gets a check now that this multi-trillion dollar stimulus deal has been passed uh, in the Senate? I think it's just going to bail out the major companies, right? So they can pay their employees. Like, I don't... Greg's shaking his head. Do you know more than I do? I don't. I don't know. Congress, sorry. Um, no, they families are getting it. You might get one there, Erica, because you don't. You don't have a, you know, a spouse. Yeah. So, I'm like, ex- is a nineteen-year-old getting like two grand handed to them, and they're probably like, so what do I? What it's do like I a flat. Do? It's like a flat what rate for basically to, anyone that that uh, filed, you know, taxes. You know, mm. Simone, Mark, your wife, she does your taxes. I know so much about you. Um, and I have an good authority that she might be looking to cook some books to get a stimulus check in your house. <laughs> Listen, I would I would invite it. Um, 
you know, but if you're if you're sitting around waiting for this check to come hit your front door, I just feel like with the way that you know things are operating, that that will be a nice moment in 2026. <laughs> you got to be planning more than just waiting for some you know spending money to hit hit the seat, please. Yeah. But I would, I we have been we have been cooking the books tax wise for years and years. So come get me, uh, FBI slash CIA slash whoever else. Uncle Sam usually. People. IRS. Yeah. Yeah. IRS. IRS. Yeah. Primarily the IRS didn't come to me. You know. <laughs> the CIA knocks on your door. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> um, they got bigger issues right now. That's what's happening in the news. Before we sign off, very sad news. Uh, Sean Sullivan, we know him as Sully. Uh, he used to work with us. You know him as a longtime listener of the show. His mother passed away uh, this week, which is, you know, really tragic and terrible. Uh, so we send out our condolences to Sully. Love you, Sully. One of the best dudes there is. Yeah. Um, so he's going through, obviously, a very tough time during circumstances that are were already difficult. So, Sully, we love you. And uh, hang in there, buddy. Really sorry to hear that. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, tomorrow, with our fourth show of the week. So make sure uh, you check that out. Also, a little uh, plug, Will Brinson over at CBS. We love our boy Will. I'm going to be on his program uh, tomorrow, the Pick 6 podcast, I believe it is. Yeah, it's good. I've watched that a few times. I've enjoyed it. I'll be joining Will tomorrow, so look look for that. Um, follow Will on Twitter. He's a great Twitter artist. Um, and, Send me a... Uh, Sent me a very nice text yesterday asking how Keisha and I were doing with the pregnancy. What what a nice guy Will Brinson is. He's a southern gentleman. That's what yes, he is. Absolutely. He's One fine. other plug. I will He's be fine. appearing on uh, <laughs> CNN tonight. To uh, they asked me just to come on and talk about kind of the NFL, the effects, this whole thing. So uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, CNN. I was uh, quarreling with the Cuomo brothers on CNN on Monday night. So. They must have All right, uh, well, went back to the they, they obviously said, we've had enough of uh, Dan. Let's try to get <laughs> well, this I, other guy in here. I robbed a bank and went live on my Instagram when I did it. <laughs> well, Mark and Dan, that practice with Kaepernick in the Sky Sports hit really has come in handy for you guys. They must have seen that and started to ask you about politics. Everything took off the minute that we, you know, we sat and completed that eight-minute assignment. Still to our heads. The most surreal assignment. There have been many surreal assignments at NFL Media, but the first year we went to London, um, we went to Sky Sports, and there are obviously the four of us, and they split us up into groups of two. Um, Wes and Greg... Um, <laughs> sat on a, a couch with an attractive woman who a- asked them questions about fantasy, uh, all fantasy questions like, what do you fancy most about fantasy football? You're experts. And they were laughing it up and yucking it up. And then we got sent down to this basement studio. It was like a uh, hardcore newsroom. And we got put under these hot lights it, with the two head anchors of Sky Sports to be asked about what, Mark? Was Sky Sports it, News. Well, it was, it was I, I believe, you know, three or four questions in a row about Kaepernick. But they were also pressed for time. It was at the end of the hour. And so the minute they asked these, like, A-bomb Kaepernick questions – which we were practiced not to, you know, we were not thinking that was coming. They were like, please, go, go, like, without verbally, like, non-verbally, like, move, move, move through your answer. So Dan and I were just, like, sweating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> and then, uh, to, to make clear, it wasn't even Sky Sports. It was just Sky. It was, it was there. Sky it was News, the, yeah. It was Sky News, News, CNN. part of the station. So, yeah, we, so we basically, we went back up the elevator, like, two guys that had seen too much in war. We couldn't believe, but we were just basically being the mouthpiece. Good analogy. 
for the $13 billion NFL about the health of the league and concussions and Colin Kaepernick. And then as we get back to the holding area, there's Greg and Wes kick back with their hands on their heads. Like, Fantasy's just a game. And once we were- people realize that, they'll be a lot better off. <laughs> That that created a division between the group that did not um, cease for the rest of the trip. It's we uh, we were drinking tea, I day. believe, at the time. And then ne- the next year, you actually you made a made it clear that Wes and I had to do the Sky <laughs> News hit that year, thinking it was going to be like ultimate payback. But it was a totally uh, relaxed situation there too. Yeah, there weren't like hard hitting uh, off. The so they field were just issues. like, "Hey, what do you think about like football in England?" It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> uh, all right, so we will uh, see you again tomorrow. ATN podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Rick Hollywood in her domicile until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.